Hey everybody, this is a Seminex Man Ben here with God Mason, and this is episode number 21 of the Pirate CSG podcast. And uh, how are you tonight? I am making a lot of noise because there's laundry <laughs> being done here. Yes, that's my apology. That was his way of letting me make my apology to the listeners. I think it's on the rinse cycle right now, though, so there shouldn't nice. be too much to worry about. Yeah, all right, well, we got that out of the way. Um, and then, so somebody requested in the podcast survey uh, of news. So sometimes there's not a lot of news on pirates, but I did come up with some stuff for this episode. Um, the first one is that postimages.org, which is like an image hosting site, it's gotten worse because they had some kind of problem. I don't really know the details, but it said some kind of problem with the registry or registrar. So the site is not uh, quite the same. They changed their picture URL links. So instead of .org, at the end of their picture links, it's now .cc. So basically my battle reports have been broken that have the pictures from PostImage. Um, so it's kind of like the, it's not as bad as the photo bucket disaster, but um, it's similarly obnoxious. Uh, though I did get my campaign game battle reports reposted to the battle reports thread just today and yesterday. So basically you can, you can put your battle report text with the picture links in like a Google Doc or any like like Microsoft Word would be fine. And then you can use find and replace, which in Google Docs was CTRL plus H, um, and find and replace.org and replace it with .cc and then repost it and the links should be fine. So the site is still working, but they changed the URLs. So the links are broken unless you change them to the .cc. Um, and I've thought about, I know you've mentioned Imgur before. I've used that a little bit, but at this point, I don't really consider any like picture hosting site safe in term, like long term for battle reports. So yeah, oh, well, at the same time, Imgur has been really stable and has mm-hmm. never really messed around as anything other than an image host. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And my dog started barking. Yeah, that's all right. Um, I've considered it. I've considered using them, but I think. Uh, I couldn't, like, copy all the picture links of, like, an album at once, which kind of annoyed me, because I'd have to, like, go through them one by one, um, with the copying and pasting, but, and then, and the way that PhotoBucket kind of failed, um, it's just kind of depressing, because I, I want my battle reports to be good until, like, next decade and beyond, so, like, yeah. I don't know, it just, even, like, Imgur, you know, five or six years from now, who knows what'll, what'll happen, so... So there's other options like personal hosting, which you have to pay for, um, like b- making videos instead, and then putting them on YouTube or sharing them with Google Drive or something similar, and then just saving, you know, saving the video file, of course. But so kind of depressing time for battle reports in general with the pictures, but it's not quite as bad as what we look at. So I just wanted to let people know in case they've used uh, post images at all, but you can still get your pictures back um, if you fix the links. And the next one is uh, Vassal Campaign Game 4 is going to start soon. We have uh, four players. It's myself, Xerix, Ginger Ninja, who is uh, Xerix's younger brother, and uh, Pirate AJ14. So we've got four players, and we're going to each control three factions apiece, which are going to be controlled independently. So we're going to have 12 total factions in the campaign game, which is going to be crazy. And that's twice the number we had in uh, Vassal Campaign Game 3, which had six total. So, so just a little announcement about that. We haven't started yet, but we've been planning it a bunch, so we hope to start soon. And uh, the next is one is kind of... 12 unique factions? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, like, kinda... multiple custom factions in there? Yeah, so the Dutch are one of them. Um, mm. The Dutch as a historical faction. And then uh, El Cazador has a Hyrule faction, which I don't, like, yeah, I'm not, like, crazy about, um, some of the fantasy stuff, like Pirates of the Caribbean, I'm totally fine with, because thematically it's perfect, but then, you know, Zelda is kind of crazy, but, um, but we're also allowing, with Hyrule, it's going to be, like, an alliance faction, so we're going to allow any non-WizKids and non-Dutch factions to be part of that faction, like, combined. (laughs) So anything, so anything from, like, Venice or the Ottoman Empire, any customs from, like, I don't know, if there's any customs out there people have created from, like, Russia or Sweden, stuff like that. Or Kazakhstan. All, yeah, yeah, it's all just going to be grouped into, like, this one big faction, so... Which there's not a lot of customs out there that are not, you know, one of the main ten from WizKids, but 
yeah so it's gonna be it's gonna be crazy so we're really looking forward to it so it should be exciting yeah that'll probably be nuts yeah definitely oh and yeah i've made the map um we're actually starting i'll give a little spoiler a little uh what the appetite where i've got almost every ut unique treasure is going to be in the game to start so there's going to oh, be like no. <laughs> yeah so there's going to be three or four uts per wild island and to make it even more um unique <laughs> pun intended um the factions are going to sail in kind of like we've done in the caribbean game so instead of having a home island to start we're going to have some factions their ships are going to sail in from the edge of the map and then they're going to settle on a home island, which will be the first island they explore, which is going to have UTs on it as well. So it should be pretty fun. Uh, and uh, the next one is that Hills Wholesale Gaming is, uh, I noticed they're out of uh, Frozen North packs. So they used to sell lots of Frozen North, but uh, now I, I only see the limited edition LE tournament packs available so i guess they don't have the regular fn packs but still a great place to go for packs but just in case you're looking for fn they're out of it right now so yeah i'm 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 wondering if we're starting to get into the scarcity years where i know even yeah or even some of the uh the less valuable sets like frozen north and like well not ocean's edge because that'll be around forever but but yeah, if sets like Frozen North are going to start becoming really rare, and yeah, I'm wondering what's what's ahead. I know, I've wondered, um, Crimson Coast, I remember being reasonably common when I joined the forum like 2011 and 12, and I just don't see it that much anymore. Um, when yeah. I see it, it's not, it's not very cheap anymore, so yeah, it's going to be interesting. I thought that was happening like two years ago, because I think Hills Wholesale Gaming ran out of... Uh, I don't know what it was. It was Spanish Main or something else, but um, but then it seems to be pretty stable the last few years, so not running out yet. But yeah, the amount of unopened packs is theoretically decreasing, you know, by the day almost. Yeah. We're randomly opening stuff. So yeah, it's an interesting uh, thing to think about. Mm-hmm. And then and uh, yeah, what were you saying? Well, I was gonna say the next thing on the news list was yep. Sea of Thieves again. Oh yeah. So we're going back to this uh, sort of the video gaming thing, but rather than talking about a new game this episode, we're going to go back to Sea of Thieves because it released, uh, who knows how long ago, a month or two. And recently I read an article that described how Sea of Thieves has basically the worst achievement grind of any game released on the Xbox One so far because people pointed out that there's an... There's a new achievement that has been added for collecting and turning in 1,000 crates of bananas. There are players who are over 100 hours in, and they say they've never seen a banana crate. And others say, well, apparently what you have to do is you've got to get this empty crate for some sort of mission, and then you've got to fill it with 50 bananas, and you can only add them five at a time. So if you want this little achievement... You're going to have to uh, manually drop bananas into a box 10,000 times and then deliver 1,000 banana crates to uh, to a merchant or whatever. And this is all the while while somebody's probably trying to kill you or sink you. Oh, my God. Yep, so which in other is words, just wonderful. Yeah, so in other words, it's impossible or totally not worth it. Absolutely. Well, yeah, see if these... I sort of thought, since I played the the alpha for the first time, I thought, okay, you guys have got the mechanics working. Now where's the game? Yep. <laughs> because it's it's one thing to have sort of a demo level where, yeah, okay, you're showing how everything works. You can try every one of the weapons, and all the mechanics are there. But it's not it's not really a game. Yeah. While. The problem with Sea of Thieves is that they seemed to have launched the game with no content and just a <laughs> set of well-developed mechanics, and it's yeah, that's what I read. Yeah, yeah, I don't know yeah. why people really bought into that. Yeah, it's weird. Kind of like hype and like the aesthetics of it, I guess. Um, yeah, people do that a lot with the gaming industry. Yeah, <laughs> I haven't played it, um, and I certainly don't plan to at this point at any time. <laughs> 
but but yeah, I, I just kind of out of curiosity a week or so ago, I looked at a few reviews and they said it was very low on you know stuff to do. Like you get bored quickly, and though it looks cool, there's just not much going on in the game. It just gets kind of boring, and it seems it's just kind of lame for how much they hyped it up. It's very repetitive, like the tasks and whatnot they do. Repetitive and boring. Yeah, I'm starting to think the that the studio that put it out, Rare, is not nearly what they once were. Because I'm pretty sure were they um, behind Conquer's Bad Fur Day way back in the day. This is like a probably a two decade old game now, which I've never played, but I know it's kind of a classic. I'm pretty sure they're behind that and a bunch of good stuff but in recent years i thought they've just been churning out kind of shovelware almost yeah that's right i read something about that too i wasn't familiar with that term until a week ago when i saw that so, yeah yeah. Huh. yeah i mean if i ever see a game made by where uh, by rare not where rare that has movie branding of any kind i'm going to stay as far away from it as physically possible i will leave yeah. the continent to avoid walking into a store that sells it yeah <laughs> nice but uh, yeah. but anyway um let's talk about some custom ships should yeah. we yeah that's the end of our news section so let us know uh, uh in a post or comment if you like this news idea and hopefully we'll, we'll actually have some each uh a number of episodes so for a month in between episodes i think uh i think we'll have some at least but four mm-hmm. like this time so yeah, we're going to go to uh, Custom Ships Organized Version, and since we've gone over a lot of the posts and a lot of customs from other people, we're just kind of we're kind of finishing up in this thread to a degree, so we're just going to look at a couple of creators um, from Silvaxry. I'm going to look at HMS Wellas. This is an English 3 Master. Uh, the cannons are 3S4L, 3L, 4 Cargo, SS Movement. It's got the Icebreaker keyword. And it says, whenever the ship ramps an iceberg, you may roll a d6 and move an iceberg of your choice that direction. So this one I vaguely remember a little bit. I don't really see it being all that special compared to other icebreakers. Um, It's a little bit interesting, but I think you'd have to get really lucky timing and placement with the icebergs in order to actually damage an enemy ship. Um, Beyond that, I would say it's pretty much average for an icebreaker, slightly above average cargo for that ship type, but... Other than that, I'm thinking, you know, 10 points, pretty basic. Yeah, all it's really got going for it is the cargo. I guess the guns are kind of usable, but they're nothing special, especially considering the competition you've got at the price point this ship would have to be at. The ability seems, I mean, gimmicky is too generous. It's something you... Yeah, it's something you'll probably never find yourself using, even if you go out of the way to litter the board with icebergs. Yeah, yeah, I could see trying to use it, then I would just be it would be tough to pull off very effectively. So, yeah, it's all right though. Yeah. Mhm. And then before we dig into any of the custom sets that we're kind of going to discuss in short length, uh, should we do the one of mine that you picked out? Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking at um, one of God Mason's customs now. It's a pirate ship called the Sweet Quan. Um, it's 14 points. It's got two masts, three cargo, L move. Cannons are 4L, 4L. And it says junk. This ship eliminates two masts with one hit. The ship's cannons may double their range, but must roll a six to hit. Jade Rebellion crew may use their abilities on this ship. So this is the first time I'm seeing this one. Um, I think it's interesting. I would probably want a world hater then you could go LL range and roll a five or six to eliminate two masts. Um, that being said, I would probably not use it very much due to the speed and cost. Because um, mm. I'm thinking like the diamond strike for the same point cost would be a, a far better, you know, normal gunship. But I kind of like the idea of, uh, of like really long range guns that are still damaging. I think, I think the Stranger Tax ties in well, too. So, yeah, I think I think it's kind of a cool idea more so than practical, but I'm fine with that. So, yeah. yeah, I think the first time I posted it, it might have been a long ship and not a junk. Mm-hmm. But you're probably right about the cost. Do you think it could come down? If so, how far? Maybe. 
the only issue is you've got four abilities, and uh, one of them is really good. So it's kind of one of those cases where, like, the, the abilities kind of outstrip the practicality of it. Like, I've got a custom mm-hmm. with, like, three abilities, and, like, I can't really justify lowering the cost because it would, it would mean that, like, if it had no abilities, it would be, like, severely undercosted, for example. Um, but I think you still could lower it. I mean, just to make it more practical, like 12 maybe would make it better. Um, but probably no lower than that. So. Yeah, that's yeah, fair. 12, 13, 14 maybe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's so already a 14. World, yeah, with a world hater, you could go, you got three L's, and then you still eliminate two math at regular range. So that's still not, not bad, really. So. Yeah. Were you thinking with the Jade Rebellion crew, maybe Kian Ng would be a good one there? And you smash cargo too with the hits. Yeah, that would be a really good one. Or, well, you oh, don't wait, even need come. him because it's yeah. it's a pirate ship and they've got yeah, Captain Cheval. Yeah, they've already got him. Yep. Yeah, no, that, that's not what I was going for. I was just sort of going for using one of the minor factions again, at least yeah. giving them a cameo, even yeah. though it's it's not particularly useful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's but. But I think we'll probably dip into. Should we dip into a couple of yours from your custom set, or should we yes. just go for Xerx's other? Yeah, let's do mine first because it'll take less time. Do the short stuff first. All right. I see basically every single one of yours at the top of the list is really expensive. Yeah, yeah, you can pick any. Um, let's do the first three. Why don't we? Cool. I'll start by reading. Uh, now these are this is in Ben's spreadsheet of his custom sets. This is underneath the Pirates of the Epic Seas tab. And we're at the very top of the list here in the cursed faction. First ship on the list is Black Star, which is a twenty-four point ship, five masts. Those masts are two S at either end and then two L all in the middle. It's got five cargo, L move. A link to Moon Sorcerer, whatever that is. And then once per turn, roll a d6 on a 5 or 6. All ships with an L of the ship have their base move reduced to S on their next turn. This ability can be used when this ship's linked crew is aboard. Can only be used. Yeah. Well, Moon Sorcerer is number 34 if you want to. I could talk about him real quick. Um, actually, yeah, why don't you? Yeah, so the Moon Sorcerer is linked to the Black Star. Um, he's 10 points for two abilities. He's got the Admiral's Action ability, which I abbreviate AA. So on a 6, you can uh, give any uh, ship an extra action in your fleet. And then he's got the Doctor ability, which is normally 5, but it's a lot like Crew Protect, so I made it 4. So those two combined are 10. So And then if you got the Moon Sorcerer aboard, you can use the Black Star as like signature ability, um, which thematically is like... They can, uh, the moon sorcerer can basically like blot out the sun, so it's like it's like a super powerful cursed crew, and one of the one of the main um, cursed crew in the set. So, yeah. Yeah, I do like the combination of abilities, and I I always like seeing the variety of unique abilities that people can come up with, which is part of the draw of custom sets, really. My problem is that statistically, while it's all good, it doesn't seem like it's worth 34 points combined. Yeah, it's a little bit. That's a little bit steep. Yeah. The ship on its own is, uh, I want to say, worth 19, maybe. Yeah. yeah 24 right. seems way too much, even when even if that ability were active, 24 is too much, and if Considering that if you don't use that, if you don't use the crew, the ability won't be active. And if the ability is not active, you're not going to pay 24 points for yeah. this. You're going to get something like Deliverance for cheaper. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't use Moon Sorcerer, like in a 40 point game, you'd have to lower the cost like 16 or 17, probably. But yeah. I think the ability, it can be pretty powerful. Um, it does affect friendly ships. So it's best as like in like a pack of enemy ships and she's able to like fight her way out and, like, blast your way out. Um, but, yeah, it's mostly a thematic link and uh, a better combo to use in, in bigger games. So. Yeah. We could, um, do, we could do one more, like, ship-crew combo 
Um, Okay. Then let's do Mirage and its linked crew. Mirage is another five-masted ship, also cursed. This one's a little bit cheaper. It's 23 points instead of being 24. Its guns are 2L, 2L, 3L, 3L, 2S, which is kind of strange. It's got five cargo and L-move again. It's linked to Conjurer of the Antichrist. And its ability is mass on the ship cannot be eliminated by shots unless the cannon roll is a five or six. The ship may choose her own exit location when leaving a fog, a fog bank. Yeah. On the contrary, I think this one's a little bit too powerful already. Yeah, um, it might be. <laughs> what's the um, crew? Yeah, number 35. It's right beneath Moon Sorcerer. Um, Barrage Conjurer of the Antichrist. It's 14 points, and he's got... Four abilities stacked up. Um, oh, he's like, no. I think he's the second most expensive uh, cursed crew in the set. Only the second. Yeah. Um, no, so he's only got, the second among the cursed. Yeah, exactly. Oh, well, I think it might be second overall. I can't remember exactly, but yeah. Um, so he's got extra action. So on a five or six, you can give an extra action to the ship. Um, doctor, just like Moon Sorcerer. So um, any crew that are um, eliminated are placed face down instead. Secret hold, so you can't take gold from the ship uh, with the boarding, and then smoke bot specialist, so you can shoot a fog bank out, um, regardless of whether or not you have a target um, in range. So the idea is like you would use him um, as a defensive uh, maneuver with between the the EA um, helps keep the ship out of trouble and makes her more dangerous. Doctor keeps the crew safe. I mean, it's just, it's like a defensive powerhouse in more ways than one. And then you've got Secret Hold, and then the Smoke Pot Specialist would combine with being able to choose the own exit location. So, um, and Wolf talked about how how the masts on the ship can't be eliminated by shots on the rolls at five or six. He was he made the point, it used to say... Um, it's just, <laughs> unless it was a six? No, I think it was four through six. But then he made the point that it's not, it's not actually that great because most of uh, the most of the cannon rolls will be that high when they hit. So mm-hmm. it was actually, I made the ship a little better by making it a five or six. I didn't want to go to six because on a five master, that's just, that just really shouldn't be done. I don't think it yeah. it's like, it's like using Davy Jones to copy the Lucy's luck on the delusion and making her too good, you know? So I didn't yeah. want to go that far, but I still made, I wanted to make the ship uh, really defensive. And uh, and it's like a true ghost ship, like in the in the flavor text. So she's very elusive, and uh, the the Mirage Conjurer is part of that. So it's like a yeah. errors type thematic justification. Uh, so. Yeah, my problem is that this is too many really good abilities again. Um, also, I think one of the hard parts about stacking unique new abilities like this is it's hard to say without playtesting the effect that they have on the game and with these I mean these are two tremendously valuable abilities and I'd say even if all the gun ranks were three maybe even just all three S it would be worth the points still just because how good the abilities are I'm not going to say choose one or the other because I know exactly what thematic thing you're going for. Yeah. But if you do want to keep this combination of abilities, it would still probably be worthwhile at four masts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, because the then other- then it's not an outright juggernaut like uh, like Black Star. It's not a brawler. It's a l- it it's not as offensively powerful, but it's still really tough to knock out because of how good its abilities are yeah hmm. i don't think the choosing a fog exit location is like super powerful but that was kind of just added on because like the conjurer has control of the ship he's kind of the one controlling yeah. the fog bank in the first place so i think that de- the defense ability is the main the main uh the main big one there so but yeah yeah, yeah the epic sees the set i'm really excited about I made most of it in February, but... Um, oh, my lord, there's a 28-point ship that's an uncommon. 
Oh, it's crazy. Yeah. We'll get to that eventually, possibly. Yeah. Probably. Um, yeah. One thing I have noticed about almost all of your custom sets mm-hmm. is that you, because you play a lot of bigger games, mm-hmm. you seem yeah. to not mind spending 15 points on crew, mm-hmm. one crew regularly. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. Um, if you look in, uh, I would say, yeah, uh, sometimes. Um, if you look in Age of Sail, though, there's a ton of historical crew that are, you know, less than ten usually, or a lot of times less than six or seven. So, and yeah. uh, with both the, with Age of Sail, that's all historical. So everything is based on what I read about of the crew. So I make it all incredibly thematic. I don't just toss random abilities on. And then with Epic Steeds, it's all like flavor based. So the Mirage is literally a mirage people don't know if they see her so they miss the shots um the mirage yeah. has control over the fog to some extent so then he can pick you know the exit location and create his own fog banks and things like that so yeah um that reminds me something we should do in future episodes is talk about how we would rework certain keywords and abilities yeah, yeah that's an interesting one yep. yeah um but we're not going to dig into that straight away. Instead, yeah. we're going to dig into what's his name? Xerax, I think. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, people. I've had a couple uh, angry orchards, and I'm I'm <laughs> fuzzier than normal. Xerax um, is custom set Fiends of the Blood Islands, which is kind of like Rise of the Fiends and Mysterious Islands, but with a lot of blood. <laughs> I didn't think of that. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that's just how I'm connecting it. And it is another one of his custom sets. The last one we strolled through was Return of Davy Jones, which I think we finished up in the last one of these uh, off episodes or two. Yeah, 19, we finished it up, yep. Yeah. Yeah, So we're moving on to the next set. Yep. So I'm going to launch into that by reading... The first ship, which has a point cost greater than either of the two that you... <laughs> yeah, Santissima Trinidad. This is the Spanish faction we'll be doing today. This is a 26-point ship because apparently nobody plays 40-point games anymore. It has five masts. Its guns are four at, or 3S, 4S, 4... It, okay, it's all S range. Three is on the end, four is in the middle. Three cargo, L move. The ship eliminates two masts with one hit. The ship's cannons cannot be eliminated. Mass may still be if derelict. She cannot shoot. This is ridiculous. <laughs> this is HMS Dreadnought, but more broken. <laughs> yeah. It's based on uh, a real ship. Um, the Santissima Trinidad is a Spanish ship of the line. Um, it was built in the 1700s, and then she was at actually at the Battle of Trafalgar. And she's uh, famous because the biggest ships in the Age of Sail had three gun decks. So they were called three-deckers. Um, and I've got a lot of three-deckers in my uh, Age of Sail historical set. But the Santissima Trinidad was unique because the Spanish added, they connected decks at the bow and stern to make a fourth gun deck. So it was the only four-decker ever, basically. So most sounds of like a really good sandwich. <laughs> yeah, good point. Uh, so most of the the biggest warships had three gun decks, which would allow uh, between like ninety and one hundred and twenty guns. The Santissima, um, I've seen listed at one forty before, one hundred and forty cannons. So that's the that's part of the reason for this ship being like it is. Um, and I've got my own version in Age of Sail, which I like better, of course, but. Um, but this is, it, it does do a good job of, um, checking it out. The Spanish gunners weren't nearly as good as their British counterparts, and the cannons themselves weren't as good, too, so it makes sense that the ranks aren't fantastic. Um, on this ship itself, though, I don't think it's, um, I don't know, I think it's breakable, but I don't think it's totally broken, because the cargo... I think it's easily breakable, if I'm honest. Roberto okay. Santana and a world hater, you've got yourself yeah. 1S on either end, 3S in the middle. Mm-hmm. You've got ten, a, a very likely 10 masts worth of damage in a single shoot action, and you can't reduce that by blowing away masts. Yeah. There's mm-hmm. also the problem that if you were to put a a musketeer on this ship, you're adding another to that. And this yeah, is, that's, a good, that's a good idea. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, I, ideas, right? <laughs> and uh, and it's easy to add uh, more space to the ship. I know he's trying to oh, keep it from being cheesable by giving it three cargo, but the Spanish are well equipped to boost yeah. the run cargo space. They have um, they have Master Bianco from Savage Shores, who's a cargo master, and then they have the likes of Freda. yeah, Dominic Freda. Yes. So you can easily boost this ship's cargo to five, uh, in, increase its or decrease its cannon ranks. And I, I think it's just a little too crazy. Mm-hmm. I, I think it would be fair to make a sort of, here's my idea. You know how constitution is sort of a reskin of a Corazado. Yeah. Uh, Santissima should be a sort of, adjusted version of HMS Dreadnought made more Spanish. Um, I'm not sure how you would do that, but... I think this is almost as close as you can get, because, like, the idea... I mean, it's kind of supposed to be a crazy ship, because 140 guns versus 100. um, Mm -hmm. That's kind of... That's the inspiration behind the abilities, so... um, I think either maybe... Increasing the cost to 30 or something, um, or maybe decreasing the speed to S. Um, I don't think the ship was fast that I, of course, that I know of uh, anyway. Um, so I think those, those are two potential edits that could work. Um, and yeah, I think, um, I think my version of the ship is even better. Oh, wonderful. (laughs) Yeah, fresh and look at that. By better, you mean more powerful or more sane? No, no, it's, less sane. <laughs> I think it's 28 points. Oh, wonderful. Has, we'll get to I, that one day. But I think it has seven cargo, so... Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so, That's yeah. better. Yeah, yeah, much better. Um, so, but I might... With me, um, I don't mind just jacking up costs, like, like very liberally, so, like, with... I'll just add, like, five or ten points to a point cost, and I call it a day. So... But I realize that doesn't always fix everything. Some stuff is so crazy it doesn't really work. But This um, ship cannot be shot at by ships with an S of her. This ship cannot yeah. be shot by L-range guns. Yeah. Yeah, that wouldn't do that. I'll I just make it 40 points. It's a two-mastered ship, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, I hate the Bonaparte's ability, so I wouldn't bother with that anymore. But, yeah. Um, um, the next on. one is La yeah, Luna Crescente, I think. Yeah, I'll do that one. Um, All right. I actually wrote a review of this ship. Um, so it was... I, it was maybe the first like miniature review of a custom game piece. Um, so I, I've certainly seen this one. Um, this one's 14 points. It's a four-masted galley. The guns are 4L, 4S, 4S, 4L. Cargo is five. Um, base move is LS. And then it's got the ability that says when this ship reaches its cargo limit, its base move becomes L and can't be increased. So it's got a negative ability. Um, but as I said in my review, I think it's still a pretty good gold runner. It's got a negative ability. Um, naturally, some of the early game ships that are kind of OP in their own right, like the Hoya del Sol and Santa Isabel, kind of kind of wreck this thing and blow it out of the water in terms of gold running. But I think as is the decent ship, you could put a helmsman, and uh, I would probably try to get some version of Freda, Dominic Freda, aboard here, increase the cargo, and then that increases the limit, makes it harder to, to decrease that speed because you want to always keep the cargo space open. Especially because it can't be increased, that's a that's definitely a big problem there. So, I think it has some potential, um, and I think she would hold up better if WizKids had had done a better job with some of the the first three sets were a little crazy with the gold runners, including for the Spanish. So, without that ridiculous competition, I think this ship was would stand out as a pretty good, durable gold runner, and even a raider between the speed and galley can be pinned so it's a decent ship to steal gold with too yeah this ship is uh yeah if you take out the competition from the earlier sets which is a little bit crazy then you're looking at a pretty good ship but since that isn't the reality i'm inclined to say this ship you could probably reduce its cost by a point or two Mm -hmm. yeah i could see that happening too yeah yeah and there's no linked crew, so we don't have to look at that and see that there's a 13-point linked crew or anything. <laughs> so we'll go to Estrella, Estrella de Marfil, I think. 
I'm not good with my Spanish pronunciation. This is a 15.4 master. Guns are 4L, 3S, 3S, 4L, 5 cargo, SS move. This is a galley. And it gets plus one to boarding rolls. Um, mm, it's like it's trying to be a hybrid, but it's hardly any better of a gunship or or warship than La Luna above. It's more expensive. It's slower. Same cargo. Only has slightly better of middle guns, and its ability isn't really that great on a ship this size. Mm. Mm. Huh. Yeah, I, I think this one could be 13. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think 13 makes sense. Um, I see it as an okay hybrid, a um, little bit more offensive than the Luna between the guns. and the It's Luna. highly offensive to me. Wait, what? Sorry, what? It's highly offensive to me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but I think between Galley and then plus one to boarding rolls, this one is even better at uh, raiding enemy gold runners. And you could also put some kind of cargo booster on here, too. Um, but, yeah, as a hybrid, it's uh, it's a little lacking. Um, so, yeah, I could see maybe the... Kind of in the spirit of the of the galleys and the Corsairs in general, maybe that front cannon could become, like, 2L or something with those yeah. bound chasers facing forward of the ship. Um, but other or than that... Or 2L, I'd almost consider it. I'd still say it was steep, but... Then it's more more... Uh, usable, I guess, at that cost. Yeah. So. But yeah, as is, it's it's kind of just a meh hybrid, I guess, to me. But it's, yeah, it's interesting enough to for me to consider it, but it's a little pricey for what you're getting. Yeah, fifteen points for meh doesn't cut it for me. <laughs> yeah, really. yeah, yeah, especially a forty point, you know, forty point player like you. Absolutely. Uh, the next one is La Luz del Sol. Uh, 15 points, 3 mass, the guns are 3S, 4S, 3S, it's got 5 cargo, SS move, and then the armed merchant keyword, which I'm just going to scroll up right here, and yeah, it's once per turn as a free action, one of the ship's cannons may shoot at one enemy target within range, that shot may not have its range or rank increased, so it can kind of shoot kind of randomly without a captain, so that's kind of cool, only one of the cannons, of course, but, um, but I think this ship is yet another hybrid option, really, is what I see. Um, out, I don't know. And again, the point cost seems a little a little high. I say this one could be thirteen as well. I think this one, yeah, thirteen, maybe even twelve. Yeah. Because, I mean, it, if you make this thirteen, then you're putting it in competition with La Décharge. Oh, or yeah. Le Charge, which is statistically better in yeah. multiple yeah, in multiple ways, even at that price. Mm-hmm. And I don't think this is a this ability is as good as one would hope it to be. Yeah. Because odds are, if you've been chased down by a warship, you're in trouble anyway. And it just mm-hmm. sort of seems like, um, it just sort of seems like fighting to the bitter end to have that ability. I'd say 12 would probably be fair. Yeah, I agree with that, actually. Um, I will say, um, I can kind of tell the next ship kind of breaks the trend, but... Um, yes, do it think, does. I do think that uh, oh, no. this, this set is a good example of um, how over-costing customs, pricing them too high to start, is a better is better than uh, you know catching flag for having it too low, which was the case with Return of Davy Jones. So yeah. he's, kinda, he's corrected appropriately. Um, in this case, a few could be cheaper, and then the Santissima, more expensive if anything, but it's uh, kind of a crazy chip as it should be in the first place. And then I'll let you do the next one, which uh, is going crazy. <laughs> yeah, Profeta de la Fortuna is a 17.4 master, and if you're going to spend that much on a four-masted ship, you better be getting a lot. And you are, because this ship has... Seven cargo, SL move, and the armed merchant ability. Um, frankly, the guns could all be six S's, and you would still pay for that. But no, it gets yeah. five S on either end, and then three S's in the middle, which are usable. Um, yeah, like I just said, you would still go out of your way to use this, even if they were all six S's, just because everything is so good. Yeah. Um, uh. 
in the context of it sharing the game with La Jolla del Sol, yeah. it's okay. And it's uh, La Jolla was always underpriced. But at the same time, 17 points. I mean, yeah, SL move with so much cargo is also kind of crazy. I think this is maybe kind of inflating cost to try to keep up with crazy good stats. In my mind, the Spanish are better at being slow, high-capacity gold runners than fast, high-capacity gold runners. Yeah. I like so, that thematically. Yeah. yeah so I want to say cut the base move to SS and then reduce the cost to 14 or 15. Yeah. Either way, I think it's... Um, 14 because the armament's sort of worse than La Lua's. Yeah, I think it's too good either way. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's just kind of... Yeah, the cargo and the speed, when you combine those two, I think, like, 20 points would be required. Um, that's Yeah, this is where it gets funky, because the Hoya... The Hoya should have been at least 17, realistically, for example. Yeah. So it's... That's where it gets a little frustrating, but... Oh, well. Um, yeah, it's not much else to say. Kind of tough to have to price something like that. Um, I'll do the next one, though. La Animadora is 17 points as well. One has one mass, three S gun, three cargo, SSS move, and it's a cheerleader. It says friendly ships with an S of the ship get plus one of their cannon rolls. So while I can understand putting this at uh, the price WizKids would have done, um, we kind of all agree that WizKids <laughs> chose the wrong up. cost for this. Yeah, they, they messed up badly. Um, um, so cheerleaders, even in a big game, cheerleaders are middling, um, and this is obviously unusable. Anything under, I think, like 100 points, even 80, would be tough to justify, really. Um, yeah. So <clears throat> I guess empty gold runner with an escort, but I think uh, for a cost, though, maybe 12 to start, and then uh, hope that that's I was going to say 12, too. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. Yeah, 12 is all right. And then you could even throw a flotilla on the back, and yeah. that would be all right. Mm-hmm. Um, after that is Espirito de, de Aventura, which I think was uh, a film starring Jim Carrey or something. Um, <laughs> that was my attempt at referencing Ace Ventura. But <laughs> I haven't seen that. So it's a nor have I, but oh, well. Somebody else uh, Somebody, I'm sure, has. Uh, this is a 14-point ship, and it's two masts. Those masts are 3S and 4S. Three cargo, SL move. Gets plus one to her Blood Island rolls. I don't remember what a Blood Island is. It's it's like a mysterious island, but like really extreme, mostly with negative effects. So. <laughs> In other words, <laughs> something people will go out of their way not to use. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. If, Unless you only have Blood Islands as the wild. Yeah, but even then, there's something called the house rule where you, when you get to the island, you don't have to roll. Uh, <laughs> um, spare the insanity. Yeah, this is. This reminds me a lot of Mysterious Islands and its mercenary ships that are all too expensive. This ship, statistically, I want to say, is worth no more than six points. Uh, and the uh, ability is not worth much on its own either. I'd say at most this is a six or seven point ship. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. But yeah, the ability um, if you're playing with only Blood Islands as the Wild Islands, um, I could see eleven, but or twelve, but I don't know. Some of the Blood Islands are really crazy. So, and he might, I think he might be still editing those. Um, but yeah, I agree that six would would work without the ability. So, um, and then. Next one is uh, Cazadora Real. It's 14.2 master. Uh, the guns are 3S, 3S, 4 cargo, L move, and this ship eliminates 2 mast with 1 hit. This like sounds awfully familiar. Yeah, just like the Endeavor and uh, Trinidad. Um, and 2 degrees weak Quan. But, uh, some, I mean, some major differences, but they're at the same red point cost. Yeah. Um, I would say it's kind of like La Furia from uh, Spanish Maine, which... Uh, was 12 points and very similar actually i'm gonna look that one up but i would say it's too similar to that ship 
maybe slightly better because the cargo's higher, but as is, I think it's a little too basic and too much too similar to what's been done already. That and far too expensive because yeah. even at twelve points, like you mentioned, this ship would have to compete with basically anything at that point cost that had four three S guns instead of two three S guns that did double damage. Yeah. Because then you'd have the same damage potential, but you would have a more durable ship. Yeah. Yeah, the Foria yeah. is exactly the same, except it's uh, it's got three cargo and it's 12 points. So. Yeah, and even that is heavily flawed. I would say uh, if you really wanted to keep it as high as possible, 11 points, but real... Yeah, realistically, it's yeah. Realistically, it's probably worth eleven. Ten seems a little low. Yeah, for the twelve damage, is yeah. too much because there's great competition there. I uh, I would think uh, beyond just the point cost, um, I think a change would be to just make it more unique than the Furia. So maybe SS speed and I don't know, and like worse guns at five cargo and then make a decision on, like, hybrid, that would be interesting. A hybrid with this ability, that would be crazy. Um, but yeah, I think, it, I think it could be differentiated from the Furia more. That would make it more interesting to me. It's a lot like a clone in this case. Yeah, except more expensive, yeah. which makes it in some ways worse. Yeah. Um, after that is La Fu- <laughs> You were saying La Furia <laughs> del Infierno... <laughs> Uh, I'm not sure if it's Inferno or Infierno, but it says Fierno. Yeah. This is 18 points for a three-masted ship, so you'd be better be getting a lot for that. The guns are 2S, 3L, 2S, four cargo, SS move. When this ship hits an enemy ship, eliminate one cargo from that ship. So this is... Oh, wait, no, this is not... Ah, um, oh, dang, I can't remember it. It's not El Cazador oh. del Pirata, it's... Asesino de la Nave. Yes, uh, this is Asesino, except, like, worse. seven points more expensive. Yeah, yeah, six, but it's still worse, though. I don't know. Yeah, yeah you can I see mean, the inspiration, but, I mean... I mean, that, that ship was a, maybe, maybe a little bit overpowered, but this one cannot possibly be worth any more than 13 or 14. Yeah, only slightly overpowered. Yeah, this one is... Basically, instead of L speed, you got SS, and then one of the cannons is 3L instead of 2S, but, um, yeah, I don't see this, I could see 14, or 13, yeah, or 13, I mean, it, it's, again, it's the same, it's the same issue, I just don't, I don't know, I try to differentiate my ships, it doesn't, it doesn't always work with Age of Sail, because I have a ton of historical ships, so eventually, some of them look similar, but, so it's kind of a, my, uh, caveat, so I'm guilty of it too, but, in this yeah. case, in a, in a fantasy set where the ship is very similar to something WizKids already made that a lot of people know about, I think it's good to differentiate it more. Like, with the Furia versus the Casador Real above, um, I think you could change it up more. And not just with the cost, because obviously that went way up when it didn't need to. So I think in this case, you know, worse guns, less cargo, and then, like, more speed, or, I don't know, just some, something to change it up. Um, and one thing I've played around with is just toying with abilities slightly. So, like, when the ship is enemy ship, eliminate one crew from that ship. That way it's not <clears throat> crew elimination on the first hit, but it's also not cargo wrecking. It's, like, in between. So stuff like that, just to make things a little more unique, is something I like doing. But I think this one needs to come down in cost and or uh, be changed just to make her... Be more interesting somehow. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, so now we're into the crew... Uh, Spanish crew, Almirante... Oh, Adrian my lord, that's a long Cruz. name. Yeah, Almirante Adrian de la Cruz, El Guerrero de Dios, is a six-point captain musketeer crew with hostile curves. So, that's solid. Um, be good on a gunship, be good on the previous ship, but cheaper. Um, yeah, I think it's good. I'm glad he didn't do a negative for hostile, especially with the curse. It's not, not much of a detriment. So... Um, so that's a solid crew. I don't know why the name has, like, two names, but, oh well. Yeah, I would, I wouldn't pay six points, because I would rather use Luis Juan and a Musketeer and save a point. Yeah, that's so, fair. 
So I would say cut the cost by a point. I mean, never mind the fact that the Spanish already have, you know, a good option that kind of makes this obsolete. Uh, Musketeers were always a little bit too expensive to be worth using most of the time. So even at five points, it would just be... I think it would still see kind of infrequent use at five points. Yeah, that's a fair point. I just sometimes I hesitate to decrease costs of... um like really old abilities because it kind of starts to break stuff that's been around for so long. But I do agree that Musketeer should have been too, but yeah, you kind of have to like deal with it almost, which is too bad. But yeah. Um, my excuse for justifying, uh, the reduction of the price of old abilities is that if it's done selectively, so each faction gets a different cheap crew, like how Spain got the cheap, version of um of a captain and then then england and the pirates got combined captain helmsman like like those became incredibly important crew for each faction despite being marginally better than uh than their generic counterparts so i think if you extend those discounts to other factions in small ways then you start to make them more distinct. Yeah. Which is something that I felt WizKids didn't always get right, making sure that each of their factions were interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, uh, on that basis, I would say five points, uh, in part, but at the same time, I obviously, it sounds like you and Zarex would find this crew, of value at six points. Yeah. Yeah. Potentially. Yeah. And part of it, um, I didn't say this earlier, but with Luis Zuan, I've always loved the mysterious islands version of him, which is captain and world hater. And mm-hmm. Zerix and I both play huge teams where he would be used way more than, uh, the two point captain. It's, it's yeah. not as much about points. Yeah. Like in a 40 point game. Um, so in that case, um, we wouldn't use that version of Zuan as much anyway, but, yeah, it's that, it goes back to play styles and uh, you know point totals, really. Yeah, that is a good point because the two point version of Luis Suan as a captain is super important to to people who are playing Spanish in forty point games all the time. Mm-hmm. But in a big game, the Mysterious Islands version is you're right, probably better most yeah. of the time, yeah, especially because does he link to all Spanish ships or? Uh, I don't think so i think it's la colera if i remember correctly but yeah which is a bad link because it has broadside attack but uh, <laughs> yeah so i think it's well done, captain kids. world hater crew but then they have uh del nero from barbie post as world hater but yeah it's a good crew for them definitely and it's also one of my one of my early named crew because mysterious signs was that i got back into in 2011 when i came back from hiatus so uh so him and hermione gold from that set were were really high on my name crew list for a long time. They still kind of are, so... Yeah. Um, next up is Julian Ramirez, which is a five-point explorer. He gets plus one to Blood Island rolls. I guess what is going on here is Xerex is giving that ability a four-point cost, yeah. but that's not worth it to me because you can have a re-roll for three. This yeah. might be worth it. At two is stretching it. One is still kind of a niche option. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. at two points, maybe? Yeah, it's tough to know without um, playing games with the Blood Islands. I will say, if this is four, and we saw um, the ship up above the Espirito, Espirito um, that one, we said, could go down to six, in which case, Blood Island rolls would be the eight point. So, in that case... Um, I don't know. In that case, the Aventura is even more overpriced, so that one should definitely yeah. come down. Um, but if you see the, if you ever look at the Blood Islands, some of them are so crazy that it could be worth it to use this sometimes, um, which is kind of scary. <laughs> but anyway, and then the next one, final Spanish piece in the set, or at least right now, is Comandante Sebastian Salazar. And he is a fleet admiral for six points, just like uh, Commodore Edward Preble, for example, or Beckett. He's got a link to all Spanish ships, just like Preble has to American ships. 
And uh, this is a crew the Spanish never got. The WizKids uh, didn't give them, so I'm all right with it. I just, I think there's um, historical crew, and I've already made two, I believe, for my historical Age of Sail set. There's always, for these mega factions like Spanish, English, French, um, and Americans, there's always historical figures that deserve this kind of powerful, like far-reaching ability. Um, Ratio Nelson, for example. Um, so I'm I'm in favor of something like this, even though it's kind of just shoring up a faction. So, and it's an ability I use a lot because of campaign games. That's great. So. Yeah, although I must say it sort of seems like a direct knockoff of Preble because of the link to all Spanish ships. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's just me kind of being defensive of my favorite faction, but I would rather the Americans kept that as an advantage. Yeah, it's fair Because point. it seems like, it seems at least to me to be one of the few defining features about the Americans as a faction. Because, I mean, I made that post on all the faction-specific abilities, and it's kind of clear to me that the Americans were, for the most part, lacking. And, yeah, yeah, so I'm not sure if it's a uh, a pathos or logos decision here, but I would remove the link to all Spanish ships just because I want to defend my Americans. (laughs) (laughs) I see. Yeah, and Zarek's might have some labor uh, justification for it, too. But, um, but yeah, that wraps up the Spanish from Kings of the Blood Islands. Uh, the Curse of the Next, we'll do those in uh, episode 23. And uh, another request from the uh, survey, podcast survey results, was uh, to do a review of ships or games this is. But um, the reason we might not do that in huge detail is basically because via the set reviews, which are the even-numbered episodes, we are basically going over every single game piece released by WizKids over the course of, um, I guess, about half a year. Um, So we're basically going over all of them anyway, and then we're doing a ton of custom reviews, obviously. So specific, like, in-depth reviews of ships and crew um, is something we're kind of already doing in a way. We might not go as in-depth as we would otherwise. Um, Um, Hold on, your mic seems to have cut out entirely. No, it's just because of the machine or whatever. Okay. Um, I think it sounds like the washing machine has started up again. (laughs) Yeah, unfortunately. Double unfortunate, because I need to do my laundry in the next couple of hours, too. Anyway. um, Yeah, that seems sort of redundant. I'm sure there are some things that we could revisit. Yeah, yeah, um, we have a list. Yeah, that'll be fun. Another option is if people really do want us to do in-depth stuff or re-examine things from set reviews that we've talked about in the past, maybe we've missed details or stuff like that. We can do re-examinations and more complete evaluations of ships at request. So if anybody cares enough about a ship to have us give it another look, then go for it. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, mm-hmm. always request anything um, in the forum or in uh, or in email, whatever you want to whatever you want to do with it. So the podcast thread and adventure training would be the best. But either way, um, and then another one, another request we got from the podcast results was uh, game recaps. And I haven't played a lot lately, but Zarek's and I did do a Fire and Steel 10th anniversary game because um, the Oh, yeah, that's kind of a news thing, I guess. Um, the, the 10th anniversary of Fire and Steel release as a set was uh, April 9th, 2018. So 10 years back, 2008, uh, Fire and Steel came out. So, And uh, we'll, we'll share our thoughts on that set uh, when we get to it in the set reviews. But but uh, as Eric's and I played a uh, an anniversary game, which is something I like doing. I kind of like celebrating the history of the game and stuff, and the 10-year anniversary of you know, a good opportunity to showcase a set. So we just did a basic 40-point game, but what was interesting was we can only use pieces from Fire and Steel, and unique treasures were allowed, but something I've talked about in the forum multiple times is using all zero coins in a distribution of coins. And uh, <laughs> so I did that, and then Derek almost did the exact same thing. So he put in... Um, like seven zeros and then one seven point and then basically 
we got to islands and neither of us found anything because we just found all zeros. So it was pretty funny at first. And I thought it was going to turn into a death match, but he managed to get the one seven. So he won seven to nothing um, after that. So, and it had a cool end game too. So it was actually, uh, it was actually a pretty fun game um, for having almost no, you know, valuable coins in there. So, and it wasn't really how I expected it to go um, for my first time using all zeros. And part of the reason I want to do it is because I think I only have, like, three in real life. Um, I have one treasure card, um, those limited editions that are really hard to get. And then the other location you get them is the Cargo Masters, the American ones from Savage Shores. I think each of those cards have one zero on it. In mm -hmm. which case, um, that's probably a more economical method of getting the zeros. But um, I think Barely. that's an idea. Yeah, a little Barely bit more. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, using a lot of zeros is something I'm interested in. So that was my first experience with it, and uh, and uh, yeah, it was it was quite an interesting game. Yeah, um, I haven't actually played any games in months now because I've been balancing between work and then school and then my hobbies. But I should be yep. done in a month or so, which should allow me to over the summer play a few games again, which will be nice. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Other than uh, also campaign game four, I don't have much on the horizon. But uh, but of course, I like playing campaign games though. Yeah. So yeah, that kind of dominates. So it's kind of funny on my plays. I'm working it's like over four hundred. But then like, if I I've thought about like the hour the time commitment. If I replaced a campaign game with like regular game, it would be like many hundreds more because it's just crazy how long it takes. But yeah, and that pretty much wraps up what we're gonna talk about. Um, so we hope you enjoyed the, the format doing news at the start. We'd like to do that more in the future. And uh, always request um, anything for us to talk about. Feel free to, to request things. And like Gummy said, uh, request a specific ship or crew review if you'd like to see that. And uh, beyond that, though, thank you for listening. And we'll see you next time for the next start review. Amen.